Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Is Hot podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Wilde, TV host by day, sweatpant connoisseur by night, and a health and a life coach always. From hashtag to movement, we believe that loving all sides of you is what's healthy, and healthy is hot. Come hang out as we have raw, real conversations with badass individuals living passionate lives, thriving to make their dreams come true, and diving deep into how they got to where they are. And the best part? How health is a key component of all of it. From the highs to the lows, we get into it. From fitness to mental health to aspirational careers, get ready to be inspired. Also, we don't hold back. There might be swearing, there's definitely gonna be some laughing, and hopefully you can take something away from these conversations to live your best life, to live your healthiest hot life. Brought to you by Clarence. Healthy is hot audience, welcome back to another episode. We've got Becca ribbing with us today author of the clarity journal and she's been a coach for over a decade which to me as a brand new coach is very inspiring and she's on a mission to help people break out of the cycles of uncertainty and struggles that hold them back i know i am very excited to learn more about this she also helps women going back and forth with the big seemingly endless question of what to do next so that they can stop going around in circles and finally figure out what they truly want, and create the clarity and momentum they crave. Becca, it sounds like clarity and momentum are two big words in your life and in your practice. They are. And I feel like they go hand in hand because so often we start beating ourselves up for not having the momentum when really what it is, is we're lacking the clarity. And so it's like we're putting the cart before the horse. And I find that really like both inspiring because it's not necessarily an easy fix, but it's a fix. Like you can get, you can get your momentum, you can move forward. But I also find that like so much of society is really aimed at just do it, you know, just power through. And I really love helping people take a step back and recognize that maybe things that they've been beating themselves up for really were just because of the space and the time they were in and that's mm-hmm. okay. And give permission to really, you know, really just get to know yourself, really become really aware of your strengths. And I just, I don't know when I have a client who gets a job that they love, when I have a client who decides, you know what, I really do feel strong enough now to open up my own business. It's just so inspiring. And I love watching these people go through this journey. Wow. It must be so rewarding getting to be a part of their story and getting to celebrate and relish when those victories and those goals become realities. I can only imagine. Look, you've been doing this for 10 years now, and I always love speaking to coaches um, because there's such a big variety of coaches out there nowadays. And it's always so interesting to me to find out, well, what led you to being where you are now? Like, how did you become a coach in this space? You know, it's kind of funny because I think sometimes those who can't teach, right? <laughs> so I, 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 maybe that's putting myself down a little bit too much, but I went through my own period because we all go through these periods. And when I was going through the, this period, I was, you know, I was a baby. I was in my early 20s and I had just gotten out of school and then I'd gotten my first job. And my first job was what I thought I wanted to do. And it really was not a good fit. I had spent all of 
college wanting to go work for the government. And I majored in foreign economic policy. It was like a really fun thing to study. But then I get into the workforce and I'm like, this is not me. I am not going to be able to work for the US government for the next 40 years. That's just not gonna, that's not gonna yeah. be able to not gonna be able to be the thing. And so I did what what a lot of people who are like the, you know, they kind of the people who really love to read. I read a ton of books. I read, you know, all of the like early 2000s, mid 2000s self-help slash how to find your purpose books. And I really dove into it. And as I was doing that, I was helping all of my friends get jobs. (laughs) So I didn't get a job from it. I was helping friend after friend after friend figure out what they wanted to do and figure out how to get it and how to move from this place. Because a lot of times people get pigeonholed after college, right? You finish school, you get your first job. And a lot of times that first job isn't totally in alignment with what you want. You just take it because you need it. And as you move down that track, it's sometimes hard to pivot and it's sometimes Mm -hmm. hard to pivot because we don't feel strong enough. And sometimes it's hard to pivot because we don't know how to use the language that you are, that you need to be able to sell yourself for something new. And so as I was helping all those friends, I just, as I was saying before, it's like, it's so satisfying when one person gets a job and you can tell that they are going to be so much happier And I kind of got addicted to that feeling. And so (laughs) I decided I was going to be a coach. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And well, look, inadvertently, you now have the job that you always wanted, but you kind of had to create it for yourself. Right. Well, and I have like, and it's kind of funny because that's part of it is a lot of times people think of the job, but I kind of feel like I have multiple jobs. Mm -hmm. I have my job coaching, but I also have my job writing and all of these things feed in. And I often talk about how I feel like this idea of life purpose still sometimes gets stuck in the 1950s. Like when you talk about life purpose, a lot of times it's like, I'm going to find my life purpose. I'm going to do it until I retire. And I am not old enough to like pick something and say, I'm going to be uh, Becca. I am going to be doing this for the next 30 years. And I think a lot of people feel that same way. And yet because of how we talk about life purpose, we feel like we should know what we're going to be doing for a much longer period of time than I think, you know, a lot of us are commitment phobic. Yep. <laughs> and so because we're commitment phobic, then it's like, oh, I don't know whether I can commit to this. And then you wait and wait. So I, when I talk about clarity and helping people get clarity, I really focus on the next one to three years. And it's a good idea to have like, like this overarching sense of maybe what would come after that, but really what is it that you want to achieve in the next three years? Because that is a much easier thing to accomplish. It's a much easier thing to not hold yourself back from. Yeah. And it's more um, like palatable, you know, like you can kind of maybe envision the next one to three years. As soon as people start making five, 10 year plans, I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to have for dinner tonight, guys. Like, let's slow down a little bit. Um, 
I would love to learn more about this idea of clarity. And I love at the beginning how you talked about momentum. Everyone wants to have momentum in their lives. And sometimes we get frustrated. And I know I can relate to this, where I feel like things just aren't going as fast as I want them to. And like personally and professionally and, and in all these different avenues. And what you're su- suggesting is that maybe momentum is not the problem. Maybe it's getting clear and getting clarity on where you want to go and who you want to be and how you want to get there. Maybe that's the part that needs more attention. So for you, especially because you wrote a book on it, what does clarity mean and how can we kind of start to unravel the parts of our lives where maybe we're lacking clarity? I think for most of the people that I work with, clarity really ends up meaning what is my path? Where am I going? And what are my actionable, actionable steps to get there? And I think that that's why when you end up gaining clarity, it's those actionable steps that help you gain momentum because it's really hard to wake up every morning and be like, what should I do next? Well, if you have, you know, the next six months worth of actionable steps kind of in your mind and you might change them around, you might change the strategies a bit, but if you have the actionable steps really solidly clear, it makes it so much easier. It's kind of like, water falling down a brook instead of you trying to push a boulder up a hill. (laughs) Yeah. One sounds much easier and less of a potentially back injury in the making. Right. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So let's say someone's listening to this and they're like, man, okay, maybe I need to level up my clarity a little bit. Where can we start? So I think the best way to start is to get outside of yourself I think a lot of times when we don't have clarity, I do this at least. I start telling myself, I don't know. And I'll start telling myself that. And I'll actually say it about things I do know because it just becomes this rote pattern in my mind. And so it's really funny. So the clarity journal was actually born from a moment in my life where I was completely stuck. I had been a coach for a long time um, and doing well with it, but I had hit this point where we moved from DC to Seattle in the middle of my third trimester with my second child. Whoa. Okay. (laughs) And we moved at the same time also that I had a hip injury during that pregnancy and was like using a cane on and off. And it was very shocking because with my first pregnancy, I was one of those annoying, glowing pregnant people. It was like doing yoga every day. I did yoga the day my first son was born. (laughs) Let me just tell you my second son that did not happen. (laughs) And, um, and then cutie pie was born and had a massive amount of ear infections in the first year of his life. And it was just so heartbreaking and he was really difficult, but it wasn't because he was difficult. It was because he was in pain a Mm -hmm. lot. And so all he wanted to do was be on someone. And this kid was, I make very cute, chubby babies. He was huge. (laughs) So having to carry around this 30 pound bowling ball, it was hard with a hip injury. So anyway, I, I tell this story because I think so many of us in this moment right now can relate because we're coming out of our own periods of trauma over the pandemic or just, you know, life has not been normal for two Mm -hmm. years. And there's been more worry. There's been just more (sighs) uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like 
we need to recognize that when we are in those moments of uncertainty, a lot of times it's very hard to access clarity. You're really just trying to get through it. And that's okay. But then what happens when you start, you know, coming out from the darkness is that you you naturally kind of go back to okay, what do I want to do with my life? What do I want to be? Where what am I doing? And people when they start doing that, myself included, start getting kind of annoyed, angry, stuck. Like, it's not like, yay, everything's better now. It's like, oh, this isn't what I want. What is it? So I was doing what everyone does. I was complaining to a friend about it. (laughs) And um, my friend's wonderful. She's also a coach. And she is great at asking insightful questions. So she stopped me. She's like, Becca, you're a coach. You literally do this every day. What would you tell yourself? And I stopped and I breathed. Yep. <laughs> and I very quickly got off that Zoom call because I was like, you're right. I have the tools to do this. And what I did after that is I just sat down and wrote out every question I could think of that helps people get unstuck. And every question that I had asked a client so that they could have their aha moment. And in writing out these questions, and I just wrote them out. I didn't start answering them until I wrote out about 35. And I just used them as writing prompts. And being able to remove yourself a little bit from the situation, from the way you've been looking at the problem, and just starting to look at it in a broader bigger, more expansive way is so powerful. Like a way where you are really acknowledging all of your strengths and really like shining a light on them. A way when you can really recognize what is going well and what needs to change. And it's empowering. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I still do a lot of coaching, but I'm a big believer in journaling prompts just in general. You don't have to buy the Clarity Journal. You could go buy another book, that, another journal that has writing prompts. But that act of getting outside of your rote thinking patterns, I think, is the only way to really gain clarity. It's like a little record scratch, you know, because sometimes we don't even realize the record's been playing on replay for so long. We're just stuck in it. And then when you can scratch it, you get out of yourself like you're suggesting, all of a sudden then you kind of are creating space to potentially have a realization of where you want to go next. Now, I don't want to give everything away in the Clarity Journal because you have over a hundred thought-provoking writing prompts and quotes, but can you give us like a little sneak peek? Like, I don't know if you have a couple examples on hand or like what we could potentially find and maybe someone listening to this can use what you suggest as a writing prompt after they listen to this podcast. Okay. So I have my favorite. We're not supposed to have our favorites among our children. (laughs) I have my favorite. (laughs) That favorite is. Oh, I left you on a little bit of a cliffhanger there, didn't I? That's what I do. You know what time it is. It is Chloe's Clarence pick of the week. Okay. So I don't know about you guys, but I 
I'm not a huge fan of dark spots on my skin and sometimes these nasty little areas can be caused by UV rays or pollution or blemishes. Um, I'm definitely someone who picks at my blemishes which is so bad and that sometimes results in dark spots. So I'm always on the hunt for any product that can help my skin breathe better and look brighter. And Clarence, guys, has a Bright Plus collection. I've been testing out the Bright Plus Serum. This is the first step in the series and before I put it on my face I always like to test products on my hand I always put a little product on one hand and then I compare it to the hand that doesn't have the product and oh my gosh I was actually shook at how much smoother the skin on my hand felt with the bright plus serum so naturally I slathered it on my face and so far I'm loving it I can't wait to keep using it daily to see the effects my hope is to have a revived complexion brighter more radiant skin healthy glow um, but what I can tell you is that the silky texture is phenomenal and what I love about it is that it's got potent vitamin C derivative in it I've been told by so many people makeup artists people in the industry vitamin C is the key so any product that has vitamin C I'm into it and the bright plus serum from Clarence has it in it so friends take care of yourself take care of your skin come join me in my skincare routine Enough about that, though. Should we get back to the chat? Let's get back to the chat. Who do you envy and what does that tell you about yourself? Because when we usually ask that of ourselves, we ask, who do you admire? Who do we admire? And that's not the same thing. We admire people we hold up on a pedestal. We admire people who we who have reached a height we at this moment feel like we never could achieve. Whereas who do you envy? Now you may not feel like you can achieve it yet, but that's really specific. You, I, If you wanted to be a writer, you don't envy every single New York Times best writer. You envy the person who writes fantasy that has a great voice that you love and want to not necessarily want to emulate, but want everyone else to feel as like magnetized by it as you do them. If you're a podcaster, you don't envy, you're like, say you're a mommy podcaster. You don't envy some sports podcaster that's like hit like a billion subscribers. You envy the mommy podcaster that you listen to that you really love. If like we envy what resonates within ourselves about what we want. And the cool thing is if you can go really deep with that, if you can try to find like three to five people, you can start taking what you see that you envy in other people and start making it your own because you don't want to copy. No one wants to copy. It's not satisfying. What you want to do is make that authentically yours. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. I think I've got some homework. I've got some homework for me. And I like that you also suggest like two, three to five people because then you can take a nice aggregate of that. And I think it's just a nice reminder to just ask ourselves those questions. And and sometimes pen to paper is just such a powerful way to get clarity on situations, which is so cool. And then- You know what? Oh, I was going to say. Oh, yeah. And if you don't like, because so many people hate pen to paper. So if you don't like pen to paper- Open up voice dictation because what it is, is actively committing to it, having it somewhere where it's not just written down, but like recorded so that you're making that commitment to yourself. Wow. And with all the people that you work with, what do you think is, 
what's like the what are the main things that people want clarity on? Is it often profession? I'm a, I wonder. I think it's all. I mean, for me, I tend to work with people that are interested in profession. Yeah, but it's usually not like what next 1970s job am I going to get? It's really about like, how do I feel empowered and fulfilled in my work? And, or how do I like express my own leadership qualities? How Mm -hmm. do I feel my own power? I think that also it's just this, um, like, feeling of wanting to take control of your life. And yes, that can take many, many forms. I think that like, it's also hard to take control of your fitness when you're feeling undervalued in various areas mm-hmm. of your life. It's hard to take, it's, it's like kind of this messy thing where everything plays into it, it itself. So your health, all of your health goals play into your career goals because if you're having a hard time, you're having a hard time. If you're in a crappy marriage, yeah, that's going to make it hard to feel totally empowered at work. You know, and what I love is watching because I usually focus on the career aspect, but I find that once someone really tackles the career aspect, then you see it snowball into other aspects of their life that they feel empowered. And I'm sure you find that too, where like they take control of the health, their health. And then all of a sudden, boom, like I got a promotion because it's just a change in energy. And so it really almost doesn't even matter where Mm -hmm. you start. All aspects of your life are going to improve. Yeah. That's literally what I say all the time when people want to level up their health a little bit. I'm like, just wait and see. Like it will affect every aspect of your life and maybe aspects you didn't even realize. Like it's amazing what happens when you show up for yourself. And again, it can be in regards to health. It can be in regards to your professional life, in regards to your personal relationships. Like it, it is unbelievable what happens when you just make a few more choices every single day that are in alignment with who you are and where you want to go. Exactly. And what a gift to yourself. You know, yeah. I think one of the things that's been really interesting to me or was very interesting to me when I was, um, you know, a baby coach was that I... You know, I get people in their 60s that come to me um, that need help. And at first, it was a little like, I don't like intimidated, maybe. And I'm no longer intimidated, but I also recognize this is a gift to future you. Anything you do now is just a remarkable, amazing gift to you in the future. And that is. Basically, I mean, what else do you have to live for? Yeah. Yeah. I love that you've got 60 year old or 60 plus coming to you searching for clarity because I mean, in life, we constantly are changing and evolving. So if you find clarity now, like if I found it now at 33, I might have to find it again at 36, maybe again at 45. Like, I don't know. And that's the beautiful thing about life. Like there's always room to get in touch with ourselves better, to keep showing up better and to keep living with like passion and purpose, which to me is like the ultimate life. If you can somehow find that secret sauce that works for you. Um, okay. So this is obviously the healthiest hot podcast. We talk a lot about self-care and I can't wait to talk about self-care with you because, um, I'm, I'm honestly can't wait to dive into this, but you share that self-care might be a bit of a band-aid because we're actually not going at the root of what is making us feel depleted. 
tell us more about this because I'm a sucker for self-care, but sometimes I do feel like it can be a little bit trendy and it's just a bunch of buzzwords, but there's really beautiful aspects to it as well. But maybe we can get deeper with it. Well, I like and I love the metaphor of self-care. You're like putting love on it. You're, you're, you're bandaging it up. You're keeping it clean. You're keeping any irritants out. And so, but it's a little cut, Mm -hmm. you know, if you had a big, big wound, you'd need a huge bandage (laughs) and you'd probably need to go to the ER and like get it, you know? And so self-care is that Mm bandaid, like you get cut off on the highway going and like just hanging out with your friends for an hour is going to really help replenish you. You're in a crappy marriage or you have a boss who yells at you every other day and changes what he wants all the time and micromanages you. That wine isn't going to replenish you because you, what you need is a bandage. Like what you need to do is really take back control and recognize that it's time for a change. And, and I think a lot of times when we talk about self-care, we're also talking about replenishing from what other people have done to us. Mm. Um, and that sounds kind of victimy, but it's true. When we talk about self-care, it's like, oh, you know, you just worked on this really big project where you didn't get the support you need. You should go take time for yourself. And it's like, eh. I mean, that's yes. But what I needed was the support in the first mm-hmm. place. Or you talk to moms. I mean, I feel very fortunate. My husband works from home, but even me, like it's, he does really well now, but it took me a long time of like, this isn't equal. This isn't okay to really get the help I needed. And I think that we're just, I think the media is constantly telling moms, self-care, self-care, self-care. And it's like, dude, how much more responsibility can I take? (laughs) You know? And I think that that's just a thing. I mean, it's not even just moms. It's like everyone, everyone, everyone is telling women, oh, you should just be happy. Like, don't have emotions. Don't feel the anger. And that drives me bonkers because whoever, whatever person came up with the idea that anger wasn't rational, like was the biggest gaslighter because anger is very rational. I am angry because of this thing that happened. Now I can do rational or irrational things with that. You Mm -hmm. know, if I am angry because my boss has been micromanaging me and then I go yell at a service worker at a restaurant, that's not like a healthy use of anger, but the anger itself was like the, the root anger was rational. And I think we tell ourselves that our emotions aren't rational and then we ignore all of the warning signs that our body is giving us. Okay. So self-care has a time and a place, but be mindful of what you are replenishing with that self-care. Maybe that deserves a little more attention. Exactly. Powerful, powerful stuff. And I also, what I'm taking away from that is in order to do that, you have to be really honest with yourself and have the ability to recognize what is working and what isn't working anymore. I mean, how important is it that we are brutally honest with ourselves and and we face shit just head on? Yeah. And that, you know, 
the uni- the society is going to lie to us. Like society is going to tell us that our prior that society's priorities should be our priorities. Only uh, we can only take control of that for ourselves and what we want. And you know, it's a little scary at first, and it's also an ongoing thing. You know, it's. Like we all grew up with parents who, even if they were the most well-meaning parents, had like dreams and aspirations and things they encouraged. And it's really important for us to really get back to, okay, it's okay. Like I can actually do this. You know, another thing, I'm going to go on one more tangent. Get to me. <laughs> because I also feel like part of this really stems from school. Like school's wonderful. I love school. But school does not teach us certain stre- certain strengths, life skills. And one of those is when we are in school, we have a teacher for a year and then it changes and we have a teacher for another year. And so if we had a bad teacher, we had no agency as a kid. Mm-hmm. Was There was no, hey, I'm going to change it up. But on the other hand, we also had no responsibility for making it better. It was just like, oh, well, I'm going to have to wait until June and then hope next year I don't get her again. And that's not how it goes in adult life. In adult life, it's all on you. Like you don't like your boss. It's all on you to find another job. And I think sometimes we forget that and we stay in positions too long and we look for permission within our company. Like how many, how many of your friends or how many times have you just spent a lot of time waiting for a promotion Mm -hmm. to get out of an uncomfortable situation? And it's like, I mean, if we were talking about 2008 when the economy was tanking, sure. Right now is a really good employment like economy. Yeah. You can find another job. And but we still wait probably too long because we forget that it's not actually up to someone else to give us what we want. It's up to us to give us what we want. Oh, taking the agency back, encouraging people to feel empowered, asking them to ask themselves difficult questions, which could lead to change, which is scary, but it could also be absolutely wonderful. Um, There's so much I want to talk to you about, but I want to end on mindful productivity. You've got something really exciting in the works um, coming out later this year. Tell us about mindful productivity, what it is and why it's something we should look at adopting. Okay. So I am a big believer that you are not going to be productive if you can't mindfully be aware of all the triggers that are causing procrastination. So I am coming out with a book called Mindful mindful procrastination at the end of the year. And I've been working on it. It's like my, it's my newest baby. (laughs) Um, And I just love the concept of not beating yourself up. If you are procrastinating, there are reasons behind it. Now, those reasons might be psychological. Those reasons might be, I have ADHD. It it could be a whole slew of different um, things that go into that. But Again, that just do it culture really does such a disservice because if we're not really acknowledging what's going on, then we're not giving ourselves the time, the chance to fix it. Mm. And again, using another school metaphor, I mean, how many of us, you know, got a C, a D, an F on a test or a class or whatever, and 
that's what people focus on. You know, when you bring home a report card, you could have all A's except one C on a report card. And your parent would have been like, hey, you need to get that up. They wouldn't have spent a lot of time talking about that A is great. You know, I know you tried really hard. It's like, there was something wrong with you that you didn't do this. I'm not going to help you figure out why you weren't understanding it. I'm just going to put it on you that you need to try harder. And it's like, kids try when they feel like they're going to have a good outcome. Yeah. And so I feel like it's that same thing. It's like, I hear so much people beating themselves up. Oh, I wasted this weekend. Oh, I, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to finish this project in time, or I'm going to have to work until like 12 o'clock at night, every night to finish this for work. And and I can't, like, I literally have been watching Netflix and it's like, well, your brain is overloaded and that's why you're watching Netflix. Like this isn't sustainable. It's not mm-hmm. reasonable. Your brain is not designed to handle this level of stress. And so I really want to start normalizing for everybody that there are reasons and that if you can get to the root of the reasons that it becomes easier and at the very least, you can just be kinder to yourself. Which is pretty amazing. And it's that sounds like we'll learn how to get out of our own way and then create sustainable momentum, which I love. Like any kind of sustainability is is something I can get really excited about, whether it's sustainable health habits or sustainable momentum. If we're talking with Becca, um, that's so exciting. Congratulations as well. Like that's that's book number two, right? That's yep. book number two. We've got the clarity journal and then mindful procrastination and um, I had something on your website really just hit home for me. And, and you write life is short, do what you love, which we've heard a million times, but then you write life is short, do what you love as soon as possible. I mean, and why not? Right. Like why not now? Why not now? Oh my gosh. Okay. So where can people go find more information if they want to connect with you or learn more about you? So my website's easy. It's BeccaRibbing.com. You can get the Clarity Journal on Amazon. Oh, okay. Fancy. We are now on Amazon, friends. Oh my gosh. Amazing, amazing. Well, look, you've been doing this a long time. You're a mom. You got a lot on the go. You just moved. We're so grateful for your time on the Healthy is Hot podcast. And I look forward to asking myself those questions and getting some more clarity on life and momentum. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Well, 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 who else is feeling fired up and inspired after that chat? Yeah, same here. I can't believe I'm saying this, but just like that, another episode of the Healthy is Hot podcast in the books. Once again, I'm your host, Chloe Wild. And look, if you enjoyed this, go ahead and subscribe so you never miss out. Rate and leave us a cute little comment. Follow us on Instagram at Healthy is Hot. And remember, healthy is fucking beautiful. We'll see you next week. Brought to you by Clarence.